Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And you know what? Doug said last week that um, this was the first episode of the new year. And uh, well, Doug lied. Um, so that is why he's not on this week. Uh, we put him yeah. in a timeout. Uh, we put because, him in a jail cell. Because he blatantly misinformed uh, the public that is listening to us. Um, thank you for your patronage. Um, but Doug yep. should be back next week when we actually do begin the new year. Oh, but I until... mean, if, if Ben lets him out, because Ben, you know, you have your comically large jail cell in your living room. Where you it, it's true, I do. Um, I'd say I, I live on uh, 500,000 square feet of land, and uh, yeah. 495,000 of that is this just comically large jail cell. Yeah, yeah, and he's in it, just Doug. Yeah, it, it's just Doug. Just dug um, a food bowl. Yep. And a rubber chicken. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this week we watched a movie, even though Doug wasn't here. Uh, we watched Luke Besson's 2017 film, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Yes, we did. Uh, Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, Clive Owen, Rihanna for some reason, Ethan Hawke, a um, whole bunch of other folks. Um, in terms it was based off of an old comic series, I think. Um, yeah, Valerian and Laureline. Ah. It's French. Yep. Yeah. Um, in terms of ratings, should have gotten this pulled up already, but uh, not Valerian root ratings. Uh, sorry, Google is uh, betraying me. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Ye old Google gives this a 4.2 out of 5 stars. Don't know where, where Doug gets percentages. Uh, it's got <laughs> 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. Let's see, Rotten Tomatoes. Got to pull up. That's a 47% on the tomato meter, 53% audience score. Uh, that sounds about right. 51 on Metacritic. But yeah, uh, this movie takes place several hundred years into the future um hum, hum, uh, humanity has kind of um extended itself into space and created this large space station where it kind of cohabitates with several different species from around the galaxy um and then crap hits the fan uh when there's a war and this planet basically gets annihilated and that's how the movie starts yeah the first like 10 15 minutes of this film you're like all right okay Where it covers a solid like 500 years of history and just says just go with it yeah it, i mean look there's a ton of exposition and well more like just context to cover and you know the the movie goes so far as to several times just have characters just explain it in conversation as if the audience is actually sitting there watching. It's like, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, by the way. You remember when uh, uh, Zeltron 5 blew up? Wow, what a <laughs> what a crazy thing. Oh. And now we're here stuck on Zeltron 6. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it's like well, a little bit on the nose, isn't uh, it? Uh, before yeah. we get too far into that, have either of you guys seen this or uh, read any of the comics? No. 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 I All right. haven't, I, but but I mean, it's a long-running series. Yeah, from the '60s until 2010, um, it ran. I mean, I, whole, I guess longer it, than this uh, movie series did. Yeah, I guess it was fairly popular in 
in uh, France. France. I don't know. I don't know, Ben. I mean, look, this Luc Besson has come back from worse, okay? Um, <laughs> and he's made more movies. And this only came out like four years ago. So yeah, he's I still mean, kicking. Yeah. I mean, you're you, you right. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, we could, we could get a sequel. I don't see that happening. Doubtful. I don't. But, I don't see it. I don't see it. Because uh, this movie did not do particularly well in the box office. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit better, or a little bit later. Uh, but this movie had a budget north of 170 million dollars and didn't make much more than that. So it yeah, just barely broke even. And uh, in the movie business, you got to do a whole lot better than just fast breaking even uh, to be able to make sequels. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, so we kind of talked about um, the intro a little bit. Um, the, honestly, I think the first part of the movie was one of my favorite parts, having uh, Space Oddity by uh, David Bowie playing and seeing the humans meet all the different alien species. Except I kept thinking something bad was about to happen. Um, as we kept listening to more Space Oddity. But. Yeah, I mean, that may be the best part of the film. <laughs> there were a few times I chuckled throughout, and I was like, okay, yeah, that was good. Yeah, maybe me too, but also it, it, I chuckled because it felt like they were reaching into my soul, pulling out a chuckle. It's <laughs> like, please laugh at our jokes. I mean, maybe. <laughs> um yeah i mean the first five minutes i guess is is just um history happening mm-hmm. i think i thought they mentioned a thousand years it takes place a thousand years in the future maybe Something i'm wrong like that i don't know um, um i know it at least like five or six hundred years um yeah but it just it's a cool montage it just mm-hmm. covers like nations meeting each other in space and then um aliens meeting each other in space mm-hmm. all kinds meeting humans and just time progressing and as the space station the iss grows which is what the city of thousand planets is originally it just keeps growing and growing until it's huge um and i think the the um help me elijah i want to say overtures in the song but it's the grand build-up of some of like some parts of space oddity where it just opens up like the screen opens, you know, and you see the whole station. Those were cool moments, but yeah, I'm sorry to let you down. Seconds. I can't remember what overture means. I'm sorry to let you down. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word. So I'm sorry to let everyone down. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. I mean, um, but it was like these this movie cool let things. us down. Let, yeah, it did. It did. It let me down. Look, this was a movie that came out 2017. I was in. I was like, what a cool film. I saw the trailer when it first came out. And then you um, decided to wait four years before you actually watched it. Well, I think Almost I saw five. it a couple, a couple years ago. Yeah, I, this wasn't my first time seeing it. Why didn't you say you saw it? When I asked if you'd seen it. Oh, I'd seen it. <laughs> I, I've seen it before. That's why I suggested it. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, what do you remember from your first time watching this? Uh, I remember overanalyzing it. Like when I, when it started, I was like, that was a cool intro. And then I got like, I got really bad vibes immediately from 
our two leads because they just don't mesh well. No, they don't. And I was like, okay, I don't like that. And then I was trying to figure out what was happening because suddenly they were whisked away to this planet, desert planet where there's a market. And I'm like, what is this? Why are we here? Oh, they're in a relationship? Okay. Oh, he's asking her to marry him? Should I know this? That's it. It's like, not super clear if they're actually in a relationship or not. Um, we know that they work together, but it's kind it's of vague on if they're in a relationship or not, because he has like this whole what's called a playlist that's just like filled with um various people that he's been with. And I, I don't know, it the whole thing feels weird uh and forced and Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne don't have good chemistry at all. You know, I did not like this movie, but I was prepared to jump in here and talk about how the chemistry between the two leads was one of the better parts about the movie. And then you guys were like, they had no chemistry at all. <laughs> well, hey, and, share, share your thoughts. What, well, I mean, okay. what elements of chemistry did you see? Well, maybe, I think, maybe Tristan and I are just bad at science. Well, we That's we true. kind of all knew that this was a bad movie and I was not enjoying it. And I think I was just looking for something to be like, but this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't much. There was one moment that made me laugh. Um, and then I was going to say, you know, the two leads, like it's not, I mean, they're capable actors. There's not a problem with their acting. And I don't know. And, and we're, we're going to talk about Dane Don. I didn't like him, but I I wasn't going to say that he and Cara Delevingne didn't mesh well for what they were doing. What did y'all think? What did y'all see that you said? Tristan, you said they had negative chemistry. <laughs> well, the reason I said that is because not only in my mind did it feel like they weren't locking together, it almost felt like they were hitting each other and bouncing back. Like... Like she would say something to him and he would have some sort of like quip or like some sort of, ah, that's, that's our Valyrian, you know, whatever thing like about the playlist, you know, or something, something like from his past or like some. It's kind of weird. They set him up as this like playboy type character. And then you realize it's Dane DeHaan and it's just like, I, I wouldn't have ever made that assumption. Yeah, and I want to say possibly the worst scene in the movie is that scene you were talking about where those two characters are first introduced and Mm -hmm. we start trying to figure out what their relationship is exactly because the movie doesn't give us a chance to figure out that Valerian is supposed to be this bad boy type. He literally just says it. Like in that scene, he just narrates for us what we're supposed to think about his character. And then for the rest of the movie, we're not really shown that that's the kind of character he's supposed to be. Yeah, that was bad. It's a, it, it's interesting, um, kind of how Luc Besson uh, handles the, just kind of like the world building of this, because like on one hand you have stuff like this where he doesn't really show you what uh, kind of character uh, Valerian is. He has. Dane DeHaan just tell you what kind of character Valerian is and then says you have this picture of what Valerian is and now we're going to develop him 
but Dane DeHaan just acts the same the entire time. Yeah. And it's not like Valerian is necessarily a liar because other people around him also think that he's bad, you know, and like, like his superiors or something, but Mm -hmm. we don't see that. (laughs) He's just kind of lame, you know? Yeah. And it's always, uh, um, Laureline who's like getting him out of scraps not always but yeah, it's just it, weird because like on on the other side of things with world building like th- this movie is a passion project for Luc Besson like this is something that he cares and knows a lot about to the point that he had the cast read a 600 page book he wrote about each alien species and like their history and everything that they should know about um, the different species before starring on this movie and you get none of that in this movie well i, I don't know i mean I, it feels like you you took i mean it you, you shouldn't you shouldn't make a complete nerd for a, a thing you shouldn't have that person make a movie about it because yeah. that person is gonna include all of these little nuances and things that they know and love from the source material, mm-hmm. but they may not, you know, they're maybe they're going to make it accessible for the general public. I mean, more you often know, than not. like Dave Filoni with Star Wars mm-hmm. is a complete Star Wars nerd. He does a pretty good job of making Clone Wars accessible and Rebels and, you know, whatever he's working on accessible. Pretty good job. Still but I would also because... argue that those are um, shows that are more easy or are easier to make accessible because the like what it's built from isn't in comic books from another country it's a similar medium yeah needing just to watch a few movies as opposed to oh there's 50 years of comics that i don't know anything (laughs) about well let me just catch up on that yeah and it and it's it's like Let's pull these. I mean, if you if you are a big fan of the comics, like Luke Besson, and you and you watch this movie, you're probably loving it, honestly, because maybe. there's so many things in it that I'm sure, you know, some of these aliens in this movie, or maybe all of them, were probably in the comics. And you're like, wow, I can't believe they put that guy in there, you know? Or look in the background, that's so and so from whatever mm-hmm. issue, you know? It's and it's like, there's got to be that stuff in there because Luke Besson made it, and he's he's a geek about it. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm, people should make things they love to make. But you, sometimes you get products like this. So, and sometimes you just need to make it more accessible to the general public. I mean, like we even see that with other adaptations that we see today. I mean, you can look at the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. It all came from the comics. But unless like the first film you watch is Avengers Endgame, like you can follow it pretty easily. Um if you watch the Invincible TV show based off of a comic series, really easy to follow because it explains or it builds the world well. Yeah. Um, uh, Dune that just came out, I would say it sets the world well. I mean, there are things that uh, are set up that the general audience would know about, but I think it does a better job of handling those things than this movie does. Yeah, they they all do. I mean, take Dune. Uh, Dune is part one and I don't know, three, four, how many movies they're making, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess two for Dune as it is, but 
then there's there's other books you know that mm-hmm. they could cover the story's huge and so is valyrian so star wars like all these mm-hmm. properties are giant um and uh you know we you have to take going that time into to dune, properly build your universe yeah and going into dune you know you're like you know if you've read anything about it you're aware that this is part one this isn't the whole thing so it's going to take things slow um or slow as it can um but valyrian just kind of feels like we're just bam we're just punched into the universe you know issue 87 whatever you know we're in um and uh yeah it 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 feels that way yeah and because it just kind of drops you in and throws all this exposition at you at the beginning this movie feels a lot longer than it is like this movie only ran like 210 215 it felt like a solid two and a half hours yep it's it's a bunch of it's like a bunch of independent adventures kind of put together there's an overall plot which is these people their planet was destroyed um and they have to figure out how to help them Mm -hmm. which most of that happens in the last third of the movie right but there's a whole plot where they have to go to this market big market they have to do something there um they have to uh um what's the next one Oh, uh, Dane DeHaan gets lost in mm-hmm. the City of a Thousand Planets and Lorraine has to go save him or something, you know? And These then all, he like, has to turn around and go save her. And Yeah, they've like... Exactly, and then with 30 one. minutes left in the film, they finally get to <laughs> the actual plot. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's clearly like a bunch of plots from the comics, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I never read them. But it's a it's a bunch of independent things that they've woven together, and it's like a, it's like a loose thread, like hangs above all of them, and everything's just clipped onto it until you get to the end where you reach the actual product, you know. Yeah. So this could have been better as a series, a TV. I, I was going to say that I think it could have been. I mean, yeah. I think you can do it as a movie. You just have to map it out better, like. Because I mean, I don't know. I think you can have a movie where you're just dropped into the middle of the universe and it can work, but this just throws so much at you that it's overwhelming and it doesn't say, well, here's something, we'll explain it later. It says, here's something, we're going to explain it to you in detail right now. Like when you get to the space station for the first time, it tells you who everyone is. It's like, in this section, we've got these people. Here's what they do. In this section, there's these people. Here's what they do. And it spends like 10 or 15 minutes on that. It's just like, I don't and care. It, Who it are feels, these people? It feels I like literally do not care. It's standing up there with a with a whiteboard. He's he's drawn a map of right. the space station. And he's pointing at it. He says, and uh, these aliens live here. And these kind of aliens live here. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then here's the humans. Yeah. To bring you right. back in, so Cara Delevingne can say, "Ah, yes, home sweet home." Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, also I, I wanted to mention. Um, I don't think Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne they they probably would have been fine in this movie if the other one wasn't in the movie with them. To, to kind of mention chemistry again, but in general. I think Cara Delevingne has this like 
like action hero thing she going just has on. She has bad luck with the movies that she's in. Because the only other movie that I've seen her in is Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. And that movie just had some bad luck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think she she plays the action hero well. Mm-hmm. There's just, she has this like, she has this thing hanging on her leg the whole time which has stayed on <laughs> and she cannot seem to shake him off. I yep. think she would be great in this movie if it wasn't for Dane DeHaan. And then vice versa, Dane DeHaan, if, if Carol DeLevine wasn't like stealing the show the whole time, I think, at least compared to him, then he See, probably would have been I, fine. I, I as think a, that's more of a critique of Dane DeHaan though. No, no, no. I think he would have been fine as a different kind of hero. Like if he was written differently, he would have been good for this movie. I think it would have been fine as a side character. Sure, maybe, yeah. <laughs> like, there should have been Laureline, Laureline in the City of a Thousand Planets. Exactly, right? yeah. It, I mean, really. Or just cast if you're someone put else them together. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not in the mood to make suggestions. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who, who would go with a different Harry like. Osborne. Just let James Franco do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah James honestly, Franco do James it. Franco would have been fine. You yeah, know, I, mean, I think you want another fine job of it. Yeah. Um, there's just, and you mentioned the characters just saying things out loud. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like explaining the, the mm-hmm. context. I don't know. They, yeah, for a, for a sci-fi movie that tries to be pretty funny and wacky, they do have a lot of scenes with lengthy lore conversations. Mm-hmm that become a little bit of a snooze fest after a few minutes. Yep. And like, I, I'm sure it's interesting, but when you spend a solid 10 minutes just explaining what's going on, no one cares. Yeah, listen, even the Lord of the Rings only did that once, you know? Right. <laughs> they had a long thing at the beginning, and then the rest of the movies, they sprinkle little lore stuff in there, but they don't take any time to sit down and go, okay, here's the deal with the dwarves, you know? Yeah. They just let the story unfold. <laughs> And just learn it, yeah. Or think like when you're cooking, when you're seasoning your food, you don't open up your salt shaker and just pour it out <laughs> a little bit at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then the Rihanna just shows up. <laughs> Dude, I was disappointed. Huh. I she, mean, she just what? shows up, goes, hi, I'm Rihanna, and then dies. I'm just like, what? She has this, well, she has that lengthy, like, pole dance scene. Oh yeah, I, I walked out of the room. Shape shifting like, the whole on? time, and at first I thought, okay, they've made their joke, and this is going to wrap up now. No, it went on three times as long as I thought it was going to, <laughs> and then they're all like, "You're the best performer I've ever seen," and then they fight? Question mark. And then she's like, "Okay, I guess my pimp is dead, and I'll come with you." <laughs> and yeah, the, and the whole like the dynamic between her and a pimp. That's kind of heavy and a little dark, you know? Mm-hmm. But is it me or was it played for laughs a little? Oh, no, it was absolutely played for laughs. And Which, seeing how, uh, or I guess given my thoughts on Luke Besson from our uh, episode talking about the fifth element, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I, yeah, I've based on this and the fifth element, I've decided I'm not a fan of Luke Besson because I didn't oh, like no, the no, fifth no, element no. at all either. <laughs> I thought that movie sucked. Um, I think these are the, these are the possibly the two worst sci-fi movies I can think of right now. 
um, that, there. that I have seen anyway. Oh. Um, but yeah, and then and then Rihanna Bubble is her character's name, and she becomes their ally. Like and two she's minutes, like, and then she dies. Right, exactly. And so, so it's the sudden death, and everybody's like, "Oh no!" And and the thought occurred to me. I don't think anybody would care about this character's death if it weren't for the fact that we recognized her face and right. who she was. And well, what's funny is like right before she dies, uh, she's been in like her actual form, which is like this blob that's blue and has tentacles. And then right before she dies, she turns back into Rihanna just to remind you that she's actually Rihanna. And so then that dies. you will, so that you will feel pity for her right. as she dies. Because if she was just the blob, we wouldn't care. But right. then it. Then we recognize her face and go, oh, no, Rihanna's dying. <laughs> uh, also, the whole time she's a blob during that action sequence, we get all these like, you know, overdubs of her voice mm-hmm. making the dumbest comments. Yeah. Her entire That's, script yeah. was the worst. Yep. Dude. I, I, a five-year-old it, could have written a better um, dialogue for that scene. I, I don't know how to other how to say it otherwise, but it, it, it's really it's all like the whole movie. The script could have been written by five year old probably. It, it's just not. I mean, I, I I think I've come to that conclusion because I, I thought before that maybe if they just acted better, they could have like made it work. But I think it's just the script was just not good. Yeah, is this actually just like a Star Wars fan fiction? No, uh, if it started in the sixties, it came out before Star Wars. Interesting. Um, yeah. I did. I didn't mean the comics. I was making a joke about this movie in particular. Oh. This okay. script. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to bash Star Wars with the script? No, no. I'm saying it's this, a bad fan fiction. I'm saying this script feels like it could have been a Star Wars fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm still not over that opening scene when Dane DeHaan says you like bad boys like me like I don't remember what his line was but it was just so I mean I'm pretty sure that was it I mean he says it it's completely on the nose he says exactly what kind of character he's supposed to be mm-hmm. and then proceeds not quite to act like that kind of character for two hours yep I just, I just don't understand yeah, that was probably my least favorite thing about this movie. That right there. Yep. Yeah, I. It, it's um. I mean, the whole thing with Brianna coming in, her character. I think it was just that's that was the moment where it really felt like a serial to me, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, this is just a part of. This is like a an issue, you know, or a part of the comics or something. Like mm-hmm. this character comes in, they do something real quick, and then she's gone. But because it's a, two and a half hour movie you know she takes up a third of the film and she also is introduced like a third of the way or halfway through the movie and it's like you know and then dies <laughs> it's like oh, this is after uh cara delavine and dane dehan ruthlessly murder like an entire group of people and assassinate their leader oh yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty wild it's I mean, like, I, I get they wanted to have an action scene in there, but the, Dane DeHaan just starts pulling out swords and just starts cutting people in half. Well, I mean, his girlfriend was 
about to get her head chopped open. I know, and it's just like you could just try and escape, and but no, he's just like blood. Yeah, he said, "Let's kill everyone." Yeah, yeah. And then when they were hopelessly outnumbered, that's when they escaped. Yeah, running straight at them and getting lucky that a door opened up beneath them. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, 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 this movie, I, it's one of those movies that I struggle. I struggle to have strong feelings about it because it pulls me so many different ways. And I think it, it's, it's kind of how I felt about episode nine of star Wars when I mm-hmm. first, when I first watched it before I realized it was bad. <laughs> um, and then I, I, you know, with Valerian, I just, I'm like, this is supposed to be a good movie. Like, it looks like it's going to be a good movie. It looks so fun. Like, I remember watching the trailer and being really excited. And it looks like it's got some really cool concepts and, like, some cool scenes going on. And, like, I lo- it's, it has everything in it that I love, which is, like, sci-fi space. It's got, like, you know, a lot of lore going on and all kinds of interesting things. It connects to the real world with, like, Earth and humanity and stuff. And uh, talks about love. I love that movie talking about love. I mean, oh man, Luke Besson love. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ben made this made a good point. Ben, what did you say to me in chat? Um, something about love. Along the lines of um, Luke Besson thinks that love is the most important thing in the galaxy. Yeah, because that's Just, how Kara. Delavine convinces Dane DeHaan to give the animal that's never really named uh, back to the people whose <laughs> species name I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, well, but that was also how the fifth element ended is the fifth element was love. Um, and spoilers the movie, for the fifth element. That movie's like 40 or 50 years. Go ahead, uh, Ben. It's not that old, but it's closer to 30. But um, it's just like ham-fisted in there. It's like, well, Dandahan is trying to be a soldier, whatever that means. And yeah, they was means. like, but I thought you loved me. And I'm just like, what? Well, I will say, I think love was more ham-fisted in the fifth element than it was in this movie. Yeah, I mean, that's they, fair. I mean, they do at least like, there's a precedent for these two characters talking about what love is and why valerian doesn't understand what it is in the fifth element they said oh the fifth element is love because i'm in love with her and we all went you're what (laughs) what are you talking about i mean that's fair but i got some major fifth element vibes from that scene in particular and i feel you yeah um i mean even even that i i I got fifth element vibes when i went to big market yeah and uh and there's that like tour guide, and I, it reminded and then me Bruce of Bruce Willis uh, showed up, and it's like, is this the fifth element? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, one thing that uh, just kind of makes me, I guess, annoyed about this movie, um, this movie's budget was north of 170 million dollars, and it was not well used. Um, no, because. Like some of the sets look pretty nice, but some it, it's a green screen and you can tell that it's a green screen. Um, yeah. And it frustrates me because there's a movie that came out three years earlier that had a similar budget called Guardians of the Galaxy, 
it looks so much better, so much better written, so much better directed, so much better acted. And it's just like, you throw almost $200 million at a movie and this is what we get. It's just well, you, you had, uh, you had like, I don't know, like, um, you had Marvel working on that movie and all their resources, you know, you had Luke Besson on this one. Luke Besson all the way, baby. That's what you get. I know, what you but get you on. throw 170 something million dollars in a movie. I expect better. I'm not saying it's got to be as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it it shouldn't have been this bad. Yeah. I mean, they had uh, uh, Alexander Desplat on this movie. I don't know who that is. To do, to do, he's, the, he's, a, he's a composer. He does, he's done like a ton of awesome movies. Hmm. Um, and I, I could, I, I guess I, maybe the music was good. I couldn't remember it because of the, because of everything else happening. I'd say uh, the music didn't stand out to me other than Space Oddity. I don't yeah, know. This, this special guest thing, David Bowie, composer. Yeah. This whole thing just feels just like a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. I like, mean, like I, like I said, it's, um, it's, I, I wanted, I wanted to like this movie so bad. And I started watching it and I was like, okay. Like originally when I started watching, I was like, okay, I don't like that, but I'll forgive it. I don't like that, but okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's not that bad. Oh, and then it just keeps getting worse. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. And I feel like with the competent writer and director, this could have been decent. And it, it just wasn't. And it's just, I don't know. I hate it. Because this could have been something really good. Because, I mean, like Tristan, I saw the pre, like the trailer for this. I'm like, this looks really interesting. Like, this is something that I would like. And then I watch it, and I did not like it at all. Yeah. He, I mean, and he's capable of making good movies. Like, Leon the Professional has, a, I have not seen it, but it's got really good reviews. It's like a I mean, so classic. the fifth element. So um, I, I take reviews with a grain of salt. Okay, fair. He did. He made Taken. Was that a good movie? Did you guys see Taken? I actually haven't. I have not either. I thought it was fine, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And did he direct Taken? Um... I don't think he directed it. He wrote it. And he produced it. Gotcha. Yeah. He did not direct it, though. Gotcha. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. But it keeps me up at night. Good. It should. Anyway, let's score this sucker. Okay. Well, Tristan, why don't you get us started this week since Doug isn't here? (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. I see you, Ben. I see what you're doing to me. Yes. Put me on the spot. Yes, I did. I told you that I really wanted to like this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's still a part of me that holds hope that maybe it'll change one day somehow, (laughs) magically. It'll be better. Uh... I truly don't know what I'm about to say, Ben. 
<laughs> you told me you had a score ready. I, so. I look. I wanted to. I wanted to get on with it. Um, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie a 63. Okay. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a 59. This movie could not keep my interest very long. Um, I would. I would try to you know push myself to get interested again. And then it would lose my interest again. I, I want to mention two other uh, redeeming things real quick. One, Clive Owen. We didn't talk about him. He plays the commander. Um, and he just has a really good presence on screen. So I yeah. thought he was effective for what he was doing. Um, and the other thing I mentioned earlier, there was one part of the movie that made me laugh. Um, and that was with the weird freaking jellyfish thing that uh, Laura Lane had to stick her hand into. And she was like, I'm... So I have to stick my hand in its mouth and blah, blah, blah. And the little platypus alien was like, it's not his mouth. And it, and that was just like a passing comment. And then they moved on to the, the next thing. But he just slipped that in there saying, oh, it's not his mouth. <laughs> I did think that was funny and pulled off pretty well. So there, there are a few things about this movie that were good. And, um, you know, some of the lore was very interesting, even though they spent too much time explaining it. Mm-hmm we are the type of people who are interested in that type of thing. So we're going to say that's a redeeming quality. I think this movie has some things that are weird in a good way. It also has a lot of things that are weird in a bad way. That's not effective. So 59. Y'all are much more generous. I'm about to be Uh, every single one of these points. It is pretty much getting for the concept and what it could have been, but I think it failed on a lot of those so that keeps me from giving it any better i'm gonna give this movie a 40 um (laughs) just because i mean i too wanted this to be a good movie and quite frankly it's just not i think it has some really interesting concepts and it could have been really good but it, it falls short in every single imaginable way uh but let's see after i plug that into our patented scoreometer uh, we get a final score of it 54 54 that sounds yeah. about right i i do want to say real quick um contrary to what elijah said it that's the thing about this movie even though it is a bad film it's just it's just bad it's mm-hmm. not like terrible it's not gross necessarily it's not like awful it's just bad and without all that being said everything bad about it i still i still i still am like into it like i i watch it and i'm like i'm not i don't get bored necessarily Mm -hmm. even though it's dragging i'm still interested because everything that's happening on screen even though it's bad is like just too interest like the characters like even the leads like they look interesting like they're interesting looking people you know like they're they're not just like it's just it's not just like a brad pitt you know or just like okay that's just a handsome man it's just interesting looking people and like interesting looking aliens and like weird places they're going to you know and that's i guess that's what keeps me on this movie has a cool aesthetic i'll give it that Mm -hmm. yeah and i i this is a movie i could see myself watching again I mean, just, just, just for fun. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know I gave it not the best score, and I feel bad because it's a bad film. If you cut out like thirty minutes of the exposition, I would consider watching it again. But as it is, I, 
I don't think I would ever watch this. It, g- it gives me weird feelings, but uh, yeah, okay. you're right. Ben. All I, I want to do is read the 600-page book that every cast member had to read. I know. I'm curious about that, too, because <laughs> uh, I want to know. I want the lore. I want to know about these alien species. It, am, it didn't. It didn't really come through in the movie that much. I, don't I know am why actually, they had to read it. I am actually joking about reading that. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> Maybe they should have spent more time in rehearsals instead of reading that book. <laughs> I would at least be interested to read the like Cliff Notes version of that. Like it's a, like throw it into Wikipedia or something. So. I mean, all that information is probably available on Wikipedia since it's a comic series, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, next week we're watching something completely different. Um, looks like it's a rom-com. Uh, it's a movie that came out in 2012 called Ruby Sparks uh, starring Paul Dano and Zoe Kazan. Kazan? I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, but she also wrote it. Um, a novelist struggling with writer's block finds romance in the most unusual way by creating a female character he thinks will love him and then willing her into existence. So that sounds like a time. Huh. Um, yeah, Doug Doug thinks I'm going to love it. Oh, um, we'll see. I've never seen it. Never, I think I'm, I might have heard of it. I don't know. But yeah, it should be a good time. In the meantime, be sure to keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing on social media. Uh, you can keep up with that at Vider Media on all the major platforms. Uh, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday, new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at 9. And until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And this has been Setting the Skeen. You guys have a great week. Oh, and Happy New Year, because it's January now. Aha.